I hate poetry. I love poetry. Poetry is a lot like heaven. Why? Because it's your paradise? No, because it goes on for fucking eternity. (laughs) (laughs) What's our first poem today, Charlie? Today, um, I thought I'd, you know, give us a few podcasts in before we hit some of the, the big names. But today we're doing one of the biggest names there is. We're doing William Shakespeare. Never heard um, of him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Really? Again? I'm joking. Good I'm Lord. Joking. I know. And yes, I was trying to play along. All um, right. Sorry. So, it's, it's, all right. it's okay. Not very good at full play. Um. Uh, <laughs> that's not what that's called. Um, yeah, William Shakespeare was around sort of uh, from, well, from 1564 to 1616. He was a writer, a playwright, a poet, an actor, a Just director. To confirm. He yes. is one person, right? Because there's he, this debate. Yeah, I don't know why people like to think he's... Um, people love to believe stuff's not real nowadays anyway, but people people like to believe that Shakespeare isn't a real person for some reason. But we know yeah, we know that he was a person. Even if he might have stolen stuff, he still was a, like one person, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I think that there's definite people maybe heartbroken to know that, yes, yeah, Shakespeare mm. did borrow a lot of his storylines yeah. um, and things like that. I mean, if you think about it now, creativity in terms of films and things, how many know, films right? borrow borrow the storylines of other films, right? And you, then you have films going, oh, well, we're going to make a heist movie or a yeah. buddy cop comedy. And it's you're just riffing off what someone else has done. And that's essentially what Shakespeare did. It's no, you know, I, I think sometimes we can get very high and mighty and be very purist and like, no, Shakespeare was a genius. And he's like, yes, he was a genius, but... But because he he used it in a certain way, and you know he he used the material that he had in a really good way. So it's like Marvel and DC yeah. in it in the cinemas. They're literally exactly. so similar. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. People who say Marvel are the best films just need to just need to get out a, a lot more and watch more films. <laughs> the, the the poem that we're looking at of Shakespeare's today is called Sonnet Eighteen, otherwise known as Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day. Right, so sonnets, just for, you know, the yeah. proper noob out there, the proper poetry noob. Not me, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the Shakespeare's sonnets? Is it like his lad group when he goes on a night out? What What does sonnet mean? So a sonnet is it's a, it's a poetic form. Sure. Uh, and it's taken from Italian poetry. Okay. Um from Sicily in the 13th century um and it's it's basically it's it's got 14 lines um and using lots of different sort of rhyme schemes mm. um but typically in English they have 10 syllables per line which is called iambic pentameter uh, iambic pentameter wow um which yeah <laughs> I, I almost couldn't say that uh, iambic pentameter which basically means there's 10 syllables per line and the second syllable like two, four, like it sort of goes da dum, da dum, da dum, da dum, da dum, da dum, da dum. It's sort of that's the rhythm of the meter, basically. But wow. it's um, often they are uh, love poems as well, uh, but not always. Often Shakespeare would be paid to write uh, sonnets for people, so men or women might come to him and say, "Hey, I have this love loved one. Would you write oh. a sonnet for them?" It's like um. One of those personalised videos you can get for people's birthdays of celebrities going, hey, yes. I'm thingy from... Yeah, I always find that exactly. really cringy, though. You know what I mean? I mean, they do, a little bit, yeah. They do a thousand of these a day. Um, they could probably use the same one. There's probably someone <clears throat> called Max, you know, in one of yeah. those that they could reuse. Yeah. But I didn't exactly. know that. So Shakespeare wrote for other people like... Yeah, he yeah. it was like a personalised card. 
it, it was his job, you know, so Shakespeare didn't just do these things. Yeah. He made money from them and that's why he was successful. So some of his sonnets are to men. And so there is theory, like, we don't really know, but mm. like the, the logical answer, like Occam's razor would, would say that, oh, it's because a woman has come to him and said, I want you to write, sure. you know, for my husband or my partner or whatever. Yeah. But actually there is some debate as to maybe Shakespeare was, maybe it was personal from Shakespeare. Yeah. Maybe he was, but there's, there's sort of this gray area because like you say, he was a jobbing poet. He, this was right. how he made money. So. so he was kind of a businessman really as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He was an entrepreneur. So Ooh. he, yeah. So, um, I know that. yeah, very, you know, re- really clever. He was one poem away from an OnlyFans account. <laughs> Perhaps. And no, yeah, indeed. So what's this one called? It's called Sonnet 18, or Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day? Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is his gold complexion dimmed. And every fair from fair sometime declines By chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, Nor lose possession of that fair thou oust. Nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade When in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, So long lives this. And this gives life to thee. Mm. See, I'm definitely getting a bit of an LGBTQ plus vibe about this. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Why? Mm. I mean, Explain. you know, you said before, like there was a grey yeah. area where he's writing mm-hmm. about men and yeah. it could have been paid by a woman uh, for her yeah. husband. Um, I, this seems very like, I mean, you know, if I, if I was a woman and I bought this as a gift for him and got, you mm-hmm. know, got Shakespeare to write, I'd be very happy at this. This is, this is a bit yeah. too close to home, Charlie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, actually, because you, I, I think probably this, this poem was written to a woman. Right. Um, and, uh, but. Oh, really? But I, yeah. But I think, I think it, it is very uh, ungendered, actually, in, in a lot of ways. There's only certain little bits in it that might suggest it was for a woman, but um, he obviously uses his a lot, though. Uh, so his gold yes. complexion dimmed. Remember, we talked about this famous guy who we did we did with Jack Robert Herrick, who yeah. wrote that uh, that poem to the virgins to make much of time. Yeah, I remember and, that. And I said, "Gather ye rose rosebuds while ye may." Was stolen from Shakespeare. Ah. There it is. Well, this is this is that poem which is uh, rough winds do shake the darling buds of May. It's right. the it's the same sentiment. So the darling buds of May is is again referencing these virgins, these women, um, and it says summer's lease hath all too short a date. So basically, it's the same sentiment of you know get married quickly mm. while because soon summer will be over. Your summer, your your time of being beautiful and alluring and young right. it might be over soon Ooh. so that's 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 why but shakespeare isn't saying that to this person he's saying this happens in life but you 
you, the person I love, says so long as men can breathe or eyes can see. Sure. Uh, like you, what you will not, you will never fade. My love for you and my attraction to you will never fade. So mm. that's that's the, that's the only gendered part of it that you could say it might be to a woman, um, because it because of that link anyway. So. Oh, I like the idea of people peaking in the summer. That's the interesting. Like, mm. you know, getting the seasons involved with it. I wonder what autumn and winter represent, you know? If summer's the mm. peak, uh, then winter must be, you know, the opposite must be uh, at your worst. You've got hairy yeah. feet and, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I, indeed. I, maybe I should hairy make feet. a, I should write a poem called Shall I Compare Thee to a Winter's Day? Hey, that would, uh, yes, that sounds great. Let's well, unfortunately, that. that's not the poem I wrote for this, today's episode, <laughs> but... Uh, it's no. probably a lot less in-depth than that, but... Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because a summer's day mm. is really nice when it's warm outside. I feel yeah. like, you know, if I didn't know the end to this and I was started reading, I'd go, oh, he's treading on a thin line here, comparing someone yeah. to a summer's day. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's high praise, isn't it? Well, yes. Yeah. And I guess it does. I mean, we know at the end that he does sort of uh, this guy... This person, all that, whatever he's describing, mm-hmm. is winning against the summer's day, right? Yeah, yeah. They are so wonderful and perfect that they are above a summer's day. And you know, us Brits love a good summer's day. You know, yeah. where we can go out and get drunk at the pub, and you know, uh, go and swim in rivers and lakes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all skinny dipping in rivers. Have, have barbecues. Yeah, and British <laughs> culture. <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, it's very. I mean, that that is. Uh, like a summer it being hot for like for english people we're very mm-hmm. we're not very optimistic but we're optimistic when it's hot outside because like, it rarely happens in this country yeah. so i yeah. guess shakespeare's sort of describing uh what you know what the british dream is is a summer's day i guess yeah definitely yeah well if you think about when we go on holiday to mm. other places it's like they've got to all speak english there's got to be fish and chips <laughs> but it's got to be hot <laughs> oh gosh you know? i know i know <laughs> it's it's astounding how some people in this country um when you know immigration is brought up and they're scared they're gonna lose our culture what is yeah. british culture is it sitting in spain not speaking a word of spanish and pointing to fish and chips on a menu <laughs> like what is british culture exactly you know um yeah yeah Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, the sun, and often yeah. is his gold complexion dimmed. Hmm. I wish I had a gold complexion. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't think the right thoughts are going through my head when I'm reading this. Um, no. Okay. What, like- what, what thoughts are going through your head? I don't know. Like, I feel, I, I still feel like he's got up pl- close to this guy and gone, hmm. You know, like he's painting a really close up portrait of someone yeah. in particular. Um, yeah. And I know it can be, I know it can be about something in general and he's comparing it to something and making it a bit snazzy, mm-hmm. but I don't yeah. know. I just get this vibe that he's really close up to someone's face, to a guy's <laughs> face. You know what I mean? Like his gold complexion. Right, um, he's yeah, he's really looking at his skin and looking at his muscles and. But again, that makes me think like when you look at someone's complexion, usually like men don't really look at that. I don't want to generalize men or whatever, but it's not something we particularly, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's not something mm. I particularly look at when I look at someone. So it's very, it's very feminine. I feel some of the descriptions. Yeah, 
And every fair from fair some time declines by chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, nor lose possession of that fair thou ownst, nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade, when in eternal lines to time thou growest. Well, so he's saying that, you know, everyone who is beautiful at some mm. point in their life, every fair from fair, mm. sometime declines. At some point that, that goes away yeah. by chance or nature's changing course untrimmed as in you know if you if you don't you're not putting lots of makeup on and you're not you're doing not things to make yourself yeah uh, yeah maybe <laughs> yeah you know then then you you will get become less beautiful it says but your eternal summer shall not fade you your beauty will last forever wow uh, and you won't lose possession of the fair that you own that you have now you mm. won't lose it nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade you know like you won't grow old um you won't look old and when in eternal lines to time thou growest. So it's it's sort of saying like you will you will age like a fine wine, you will grow, you will you will grow more beautiful. Wow. This guy should be like a famous writer or something. I, mean, I think a... so. Yeah. He, he's he's very good with his words. Yeah. He is, I yeah, like yeah. it. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I love how men are dependent whether her beauty stays as well. I love mm. how, um, yeah, because it's that, it's, you know, when women say, when they put makeup on, they go, oh, it's not for anyone else but me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Shakespeare's sneaky little snidey way of going, oh, no, it's only for men still. <laughs> like, you get, you kind of get the sexism still, don't you, from that, from that time. But that's natural oh, because at that time you would. It's just, it's just interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, if you, like, try walking up to a woman in the street now and saying... You better get married soon. You're going to get old in a few years. You're in your, you're in your prime right now. You're looking good, but soon you're, you're going downhill. What kind of pickup line is this? Yeah, exactly. But he's yeah. But back in Shakespeare's time, that was wisdom. If you look at things like Pride and Prejudice, yeah. the women, the women are so stressed to get married because they needed a man to provide for them because that was the culture. Sure. It was either your father or your husband who who was there working to provide for you and then you looked after the home. Mm. So so that's why they had that attitude back then. It was practical. You know, marriage wasn't always based on love. It's why in Pride and Prejudice, when she does supposedly uh, marry for love, although Mr. That's, Darcy. that's debated, that's debated because she falls in love with him once she sees his big house. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? But, but, but you know, it was a marriage of convenience and, and, and a, ma- a marriage of uh, needs. So, right. you know... Yeah. Um, and you would you would get, especially amongst uh, sort of the wealthy and the upper class, yeah. you would get married to someone, but then you would probably also have your lover or your, um, you know, your bit on the side where yeah. you would have your romance. Um, right. And, you know, the wife and the husband were just for children, really. Like, right. The display. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. to keep society going. And then your your fetishes or whatever you wanted to have with your <laughs> other yeah. other parties it sort of went under the table you see it so many times um where it is these kind of like they have to have a secret love and part of the romance is the fact that they can never have them in the same way they want you know they have their wife or whatever um but also you see it sometimes when they do finally get it like in series then it's not the same Mm. is it they only get another one so it's maybe they're in love with the idea of romance rather than Mm -hmm. actually committing and yeah um Mm -hmm. the hard bits of a relationship yeah, exactly. You've got to take the rough with the smooth, for sure. 
<laughs> that sounds like something you'd, yeah, some advice you'd give me for the bedroom more than <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Good lord. Oh gosh, I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm impressed with this. I I always yeah. thought Shakespeare was a bit boring. I don't know. I I I would say I'm quite impressed with this. I mean, I I obviously knew he was a big deal, quite a mainstream yeah. poet. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I yeah, I it's good, good, good. <laughs> awesome. An amoeba named Max. An amoeba named Max and his brother were sharing a drink with each other. In the midst of their quaffing, they split themselves laughing, and each of them now is a mother. (laughs) Yeah, they're like little jakes. I love it. Yeah, that's what I'm, you know. Yeah. So our next next poem today is uh, by a woman called Christina Rossetti, who is... Probably uh, Italian, right? Uh, yeah, he. <laughs> yeah, her, her. It, well done. That's yeah. She, her father was an Italian poet and a political exile. Oh. Um. He immigrated to England in 1824. Um. And established a career as a Dante scholar and teacher of Italian in London. Wow. Um. And he married a half English, half Italian uh, woman called Francis Polidori, and they had four children. And um, Christina Rossetti was the uh. The youngest child. So, Ooh. so this yeah. poem should be interesting. Yes. So she was a, she was born in 1830 and died in 1894. So modern-ish, but you know, a couple of hundred years ago, essentially. Sure. Um, but yeah. So we we actually had a Christina Rossetti poem re- read at our wedding. Um, but and and actually before is that I researched your her... Italian, is that because your Italian heritage? No, it was actually because it's a, a poem that Emma really liked, oh. uh, and it was just a really celebratory one um, about Did I joy. Go, I don't and... remember this. Did I go to your wedding, Charlie? <laughs> yes, it was during the reading of the re- the signing of the registry. So right, okay. It was, yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. Maybe it's I, okay. I f- I feel really terrible, you, but now you like, were there. There's a I... there's a picture of me looking you in the eyes at my wedding. So, <laughs> but we. I should have, we should have done this podcast before so I could have appreciated this a lot more when you actually did. Yeah. So this poem in particular wasn't the one we had at our wedding, but this is right. a different one. Okay. Um so here we go. We'll we'll read it and um sure. it's called What Would I Give by Christina Rossetti. What would I give for a heart of flesh to warm me through instead of this heart of stone, ice cold, whatever I do. Hard and cold and small, of all hearts the worst of all. What would I give for words, if only words would come? But now, in its misery, my spirit has fallen dumb. Oh, merry friends, go your way, I have never a word to say. What would I give for tears, not smiles, but scalding tears, to wash the black mark clean, and to thaw the frost of years, to wash the stain in grain, and to make me clean again? Another depressive one, isn't it, Charlie? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is a bit depressing. This one. They weren't. She wasn't someone who wrote depressing poems all the time. But right. um, I just I like this one. It's sort of short and and fairly it speaks fairly simply. I think. Cool. Um, Should we get on by yeah. Let's go. Yeah. What would I give for a heart of flesh to warm me through? See, it's not making it sound too appealing, is it? Like no. heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I think it it it's it's quite bodily, isn't it? In a way, mm. like it's. Yeah. Um. You, you get this sort of feeling of almost like a corpse, or like a it, yeah, it just very body party. I think yes. it like very much to do with that. Absolutely. Um, and and flesh as well. That word is like oh, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Instead of this heart of stone, ice cold, whatever I do. It's like the opposite 
you know when you say charlie that i've got a heart of gold yes <laughs> is that the opposite isn't it um, yes it I is you've yeah. said that. hopefully you have you have you've got a heart of gold <laughs> Thanks, man. i've definitely said that it's true oh, cute, cute. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like heart of flesh heart of stone ice cold like mm-hmm. yeah it's it really is the opposite of heart of gold isn't it it is um, and I think you can feel sort of a, there is some sort of something going on in her that she, she, she is sort of, it's quite depressed about herself. She, she's, mm. she's quite critical about herself. Hard and cold and small of all hearts, the worst of all. Yeah. It's not exactly what you want in a heart, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very almost like, you know, one of those people who's just like, I'll oh, just go away. I like, I don't want to yeah. talk to you, you know, very rude to people. Yeah. But also I think it, um, there's sort of this religious feeling to it, right? About like the goodness of your heart is quite a big theme in the Bible. Sure. And I and I wonder if there's some sort of uh yeah, she she feels guilt for something, maybe. There's sort of a religious guilt in here. Maybe, yeah. I like the idea of it being small as well, small heart. Like hard mm. to find. Yeah. And I think as well your heart can often represent like your true person. Like if someone wears their heart on their sleeve, it sure. means that they just really open and honest and just yeah. themselves. And and she is hiding herself away. Uh, mm. You know, she's sort of the emo girl of the poet world in this poem. <laughs> yeah. What would I give for words if only words would come? But now in its misery, my spirit has fallen dumb. Oh, merry friends, go your way. I have never a word to say. Mm. Gosh, yeah, it's the idea of like, you know, leave me alone. Like, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, merry friends, go your way. Yeah. So she's got lots of friends who are very happy, but she is afflicted by something, mm. um, you know. It's almost like they're trying to sort of rub it in her face, you know, slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Jealousy is a, one of the worst feelings, isn't it? And I feel like oh, maybe these are one of the, yeah, one of the feelings that she has. Yes, definitely. Because she said, what I would give for a heart of flesh to warm me through. She's yeah. saying, why can't I be like that? Sure. She, that's exactly it. You've, you've hit the nail on the head. What would um, I give for that? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she, she wants to be like them. She wants to join in, I think, actually, is the truth of the poem. Yeah. But for, yeah, whatever's happened, she's pushing them away in fear. Yeah. Mm. What, would I, what would I give for tears, not smiles, but scolding tears, to wash the black mark clean and to thaw the frost of years, to wash the stain in grain and to make me clean again? I love the idea like of crying to cleanse yourself mm. like properly clean like you know what I mean like the yeah to wash the black mark um, yeah like, that's pretty cool isn't it it's almost it like is. it's almost like grief you know when you when mm. grief hits you it's not until you have a proper cry to flush it all out if it it does feel like that isn't it when you cry because you're sad yeah. you feel like you're actually flushing your system out don't you yeah exactly it's why um, it's, it's why, you know, babies cry lots, right? And it's actually a bit silly sometimes to treat babies. Like, sometimes it's all right to say to your child, all right, enough now, we're going to stop crying. <laughs> yeah. Do- but, 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 you know, actually, babies have a good response to grief because instantly they, they cry it out. Whereas actually as adults, sometimes we can hold it in. And like you say, you know, I think this is what's happening here. She's holding it in. She, she wants to cry, but she can't. And it would, it would clear all this crap out of her system, yeah. you know, and it says to thaw the frost of years, yeah. which implies that, that whatever's blighting her has been, has been there for a long time and she's not dealt with it properly. Just put it in her freezer. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that like frozen, 
you know, I don't know, frozen stew at the back of the freezer that you, you've left there and now is all gammy and horrible. <laughs> this has been a quite interesting poem. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's, I do feel sorry for her. Um, mm. I think that's, I don't know if that's what we're trying to get from this, but um, yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like she just, I feel like this is like the edge of the tipping point uh, for for someone in a particular situation where mm-hmm. they need to sort of cry it out and then they're done kind of thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. I I think, uh, I, I think that's, you're right on there. It's, it's almost a therapeutic poem. It's yeah. like, you know, like you say, it's that point where you go, right, I, I've had enough of this. I need to deal with it. Um, and who, who knows if they did or not, but um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's what is the cure for a hard, cold, small heart? You know, what is the cure mm-hmm. to that heart transplant? That's some sort of analogy yeah. that I uh, yeah oh definitely yeah the, the religious the religious analogy in here would would you know sort of there's often in modern Christian circles anyway people talk about when you become a Christian that mm. you know you you get a heart transplant God takes your old bad heart and gives yeah. you a new perfect one yeah um and and so yes there's definitely there's massive religious undertones here like the black mark wash the black mark clean. You know, it's almost like that black mark is sin or it's this thing she can't get rid of. Maybe she did something like black marks also associated with death as well. Right. Like pirates. Yes. Black mark. No, there was there's definitely there's definitely that sort of uh, thing. Yeah. A black mark. If you have a black mark on you, it's like a bad thing. Right. It's you've yeah. done something wrong. You've been uh, blacklisted. You've been said, or you know, you've been um, what's the word like shunned almost from society. Yeah. yeah. So That's nice. Well, that's not nice, so, but it's cool. It's a cool <laughs> analogy. Of, it is. Um, the whole thing. I really like this one, Charles. Uh, awesome. Wicked. I, I Weirdly, in a sense, I think I like the Shakespeare one more. But yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. I never thought I'd say that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I like the Shakespeare one more too, but I, I just wanted a, something to contrast with the Shakespeare. So. Absolutely, mate. So it's that okay. time, isn't it? It is. It's that time. I haven't done a poem in a while, so uh, my excuse is that my poem, ju- my poet juices, uh, might not be up to scratch. Um, okay, that's well, we'll you see. know. I mean, I don't exactly have a history of great poems. So I don't know what that means, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't know, mate. We'll see. We'll see what goes on, shall we? So this is called the Four Rules to Simping. Oh, nice! I like the title already. So they're kind of acronyms, each each sort of um, yeah. line. Mm-hmm. The four rules to... Sorry. It's all right. It's called an, it's called an acrostic. Sorry. Acrostic. Continue. Wow. That's acrostic. A, I did a technique. Yeah. I didn't even know it. That's great. Exactly. Good start, Dylan. <laughs> the four rules to simping by Dylan J. Kershaw. Me. The four rules to simping. S. Smothering. They are not a queen for you to serve. I. Intent to win. You cannot win every bet. You cannot force her to fold. M. Melodramatic. Don't be fooled by thinking you can win the grand prize. P. Persistent. Don't keep betting when you've run out of money. Wow. I mean, so, I'm not going to lie, yeah. Charlie, but I think I'm onto something here. <laughs> you know, I actually really love it because it's, it's out of the, outside the box. Your, your, you know, um, and it's also it. What poetry does often is address problems in society or situations in society, and you're definitely doing that. If you don't know what a simp is, I think we should probably provide a definition. It's sort yeah, of a pop okay. culture thing, isn't it? 
Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, it's pretty much a, a man that will do anything to get a woman's attention, basically. Um, yeah, to to humiliating extents. Yes, exactly. Sometimes. Emasculating uh, and, extents sometimes. And, and often, like, women who they don't know, who, who like, online people, right? Twitch sure. celebrities and all that sort of yeah. stuff, I think. And I think simp is short for s- sympathetic or sympathizer or something like that. Maybe. I th- I, but, that's um, not... I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, okay, maybe that's it is. fine. Who knows? That might be a factor. <laughs> it might not be. But I, um, thought, <laughs> I thought I need to make a poem about this uh, to yeah. address it because it annoys me as well. I think to other men, like, mm-hmm. it's great having respect for women, mm. but also I feel like simping can also be a bit of a... Um, yeah, I think it could be also sexist in a way because it's you're kind mm-hmm. of going keep going after a girl. You're not actually giving her the respect she deserves. You're just kind of mm-hmm. being persistent, and yeah, you're smothering her almost. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. You know, so many times, it, like women are being bothered by people, bothered by men who come up to them trying to, and and you know, there's a fine line between when that's um, wanted and when yeah. it's uh, just creepy, right? So exactly. uh, yeah, should we get on by line? S, smothering. They are not a queen for you to serve. Well, I like it because you've got smothering, intent to win, melodramatic, persistent. Um, and I, I, I like it because it, you're sort of describing what they are like. But yeah. then afterwards, you have like almost like the rules, right? Your, or, or your response to that. Yes, um, that's exactly you know? what it is. My response so, to it. Smothering. They're not yeah. your queen to serve. So like... Um, it's it, you're addressing that like simping often simps often have like this ownership over these women right and sure. it's like they're not your que- they're not a queen for you to serve like they're not yours yeah um yeah yeah uh, and which i think you know ownership of women obviously was a a thing back in yeah. the day so that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty problematic mm-hmm. uh, i intend to win you cannot win every bet you cannot force her to fold so again it's like this this persistence that um, you will, you will win. You will get something out of this. You will chuck everything at it, yes. and it's like, you know, that's not a wise investment a lot of the time because sure. it's ne- she she is in control of herself. You, like you say, you Absolutely. cannot force her to fold. She is her own person. I like yes. it. I, I think it's quite um quite a feminist poem. I like it. Oh, um, that's kind of what <laughs> I was going for. But um, yeah, I didn't want to make it like um, I did want to make it obvious, but not like. Yeah, I didn't want to make it cringe-worthy that I'm trying to yes. get yeah, over a point. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, definitely. And I like it. It's, but it's also, good. instead of looking at women and going, you know, to try and run at them, I'm looking more at men and what the problems that men do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I, I really like it. I think what's good as well, it's understated. Sure. So you're not you're not overstating your point. You're not um, like like a simp would, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Um, which again, melodramatic. Don't be fooled by thinking you can win the grand prize. You know, especially like in the case of these celebrities mm. that are on Twitch or whatever. It's like they're there to entertain you. Sure. They're they're not actually, even though they're being personable with all their fans and stuff. Yeah. To them, this is just a job. You yeah. are. You're not their best friend. It, there's yeah, still that barrier exactly. between you. P. Persistent. Don't keep betting when you've run out of money. I, th- I think you know that too, right? You you, you can't just outgive yourself like that's it's over overreaching. If you ever have someone do something for you that like they they give you a, a sum of money or that they do something that's like it's overreaching, it feels uncomfortable. It feels like you owe them something, right? And that might not be the case, and sure. that needs to be communicated. But yeah, it's that no one owes you anything because oh, I did this thing for you, so you should do this thing for me. It's like well, no, you you gave that as a gift and that doesn't come with strings attached. 
have you noticed a theme quickly that I've put in? Um, kind of a theme, but referring to it, something it's, else. It, it's like poker, right? It's it's like a like a poker game or a yeah, like a casino. A is, yeah, 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 yeah. So obviously mm-hmm. the the queen uh, serving the queen. Um, yeah. You can't uh, win yes. every bet. You can't force it to fold. But like, I wanted to I refer like it. it like a gambling addiction. Yes. Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely a gambling addiction. It's like uh, microtransactions and things sure. like that. It's like yeah. you you try and shuck as much money of it to try and get the thing you want. Sure. Maybe if I I keep going. Yeah. I I love it. I think this might be your best poem. I'm going to say this right now. I think this Ooh, is your best poem. Say that again, Charlie. So, say that again. It was your... I think this is your best poem. Nice. I'm on a streak. So, I'm on a streak, you man. Are. You're on a streak. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not one from your pants. That's made me... Uh, yeah. To put my ego right up is what I'm trying to say for our next poem. Good. So. Glad, I, glad I could be a service. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a lot of fun, this one, isn't it? Has. It has. It's been great. I've really enjoyed this episode. Good. Um, yeah. And we will... Uh, We'll see you soon. We'll see yeah. everybody soon. Hopefully, um, um hopefully, um, that my poem was on part of Shakespeare. Ooh, that's basically that's what you said when you said it's the best poem I've made, right? No, um, Dylan's sonnets. Oh, look at that! My internet's gone down. 